Hi, my name is Lou Palumbo, and this is Between the Lines. As many are aware, there is never a shortage of rather controversial issues to discuss, or issues that are plaguing our country. The creation of this show was built around addressing a lot of these nagging, how would you say, political issues which seem to lack common sense, logic, reason, decency, uh, civility, and perhaps most of, all, most of all, truth. Lord knows there's enough arguing in the world and enough animus, enough divide. We need to try to galvanize our efforts here to ensure the future of our children and the future of this nation. So I just want to tell you up front, you can contact us through uh, betweenthelines.tv. Please call in. Uh, you can be a caller, uh, a guest expert, um, email us, whatever's most convenient for you. Uh, just a reminder, we're not here to act in a contentious manner or insult one another, which seems to be the modus operandi of the media today, some, and some of our elected officials. So we want to make sure that everyone understands the, the mission that we have here today. It's to try to have intelligent exchanges regarding some very important issues, whether it's border control, gun control, pro-choice, gay rights, what to do with the immigrants at the border currently, policies with Russia and China, Iran. But the bottom line is we want to have these discussions in a civil uh, capacity with the intent of coming to some form of compromise, which is usually the byproduct or fallout of people of open mind. So, and in any case, we're happy to report that we have picked up two fine sponsors this week, Instacart and Buzzsprout. You know, and just to give you a little bit of an understanding of what Buzzsprout is, it's a user-friendly way to start your own podcast. It is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote, or track your podcast. Your show can be online. It can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even more within minutes, literally, of, of finishing your recording. So podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and that team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you, helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. I want to thank them again for their support, and um, I highly recommend that you investigate this group. They're excellent. And I just want to remind everyone, we use Buzzsprout. I would encourage you to go to our website, and there you can learn how to launch your own podcast, and it's free. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are overwhelmed with your day and you need some help, and helping organize certain facets of your day, like shopping, I highly recommend you employ the services of Instacart. Basically, what you will do is go to their to their website through their app, and you're able to order groceries from a number of various retailers. They will then send out a personal shopper who will do the shopping for you, and then they will deliver it to you at your designated location. I really encourage you to give them a try. They have excellent ratings, and in fact, we use them ourselves. In any case, we're going to move on, and um, I want to speak to you a little bit today about one of our guests. This gentleman's name is Rabbi Michael Shevak. That's spelled S-H-E-V-A-C-K. He is an ordained rabbi, an author, and co-author of seven books, including his latest book, The Six Fix, Spiritual Healthcare for a Stronger America. That is spelled S-I-X-F-I-X. He's been involved in interreligious reconciliation around the world. The rabbi was an adjunct professor at State University of New York in Stony Brook, teaching spirituality and comparative religion in the School of Social Welfare. He lectured in the business spirituality at the Ioka Institute for Global Entrepreneurship at Lehigh University. 
he is currently social responsibility officer for Patent Foundation, whose purpose is to continue the liberation. Prior to his ordination, Michael Shevak was a Madison Avenue creative director, which is a little bit of a departure from what he's doing now. Um, I think he took a step in the right direction. He, he wrote some of the biggest campaigns in the world, including a very famous one by Gillette, The Best a Man Can Get. Today, the rabbi and I will try to attempt to address some of the issues that are plaguing our country, and for that matter, the world. And with that being said, let's hear from Rabbi Michael Shevak. First, I want to thank you for coming on to the show today. And um, we have spoken numerous times about some rather contentious issues that plague everyone. You and I seem to be of similar mindset, although we have rather, I would say, um, different backgrounds. I went to 16 years of Catholic school, graduated St. John's University, majored in philosophy. It's good for the toilet roll dispenser, as we all know. But in any event, um, I'm going to come right at you, and I want to ask you the first question, which is very important. What is going on in this country today? What's going on is America is finding itself for the next stage of its own development. It's finding itself. And it has battles on the inside that it has never really dealt with and has been plastering and trying to keep it all together with artificial means, but they never got to the core. We're seeing it all on the surface. So I want to ask you this question, sir. Um, we're finding ourselves, but at what cost? The, the cost that always takes place when people are not engaging in a spiritual process correctly. Suffering, pain, death, confusion, undermining economics and social systems, weakening political and military and economic strength. It's the same cost. It's an old, you know, uh, it, uh, it's my prejudice. You know, if you sin, you, you, you mess yourself up. It's that simple. Yeah, it does sound simple. Um, unfortunately, what it's led to is a, a borderline disastrous environment in which we're living in domestically. And it has and it has a lot of ramifications even internationally because how we start to tiptoe through some of these very sensitive issues with countries like Russia, Iran, and China are going to lend itself to the future of this country as well as our own internal strife. You know, I oftentimes say there's nothing that the outside forces or influences can do that we're not doing to ourselves. You know, the level of polarization today, I think you'll agree, Michael, is unprecedented. Would you not agree with me? I think it's unprecedented in its, in its multifaceted chaos and everyone is talking and everyone has an opinion. And I think that's the dissemination of the media and the internet is adding to something we've never seen before. But in terms of what the country dealt with, with Vietnam and civil rights, that was, that was an utter rift, right? You know, an organized rift right down the country. But this is, this is chaotic and, and silly. It's silly. Well, you know what I think you'll agree with me as well is that this whole thing is being fueled by, I would say the behavior of some, some, I don't want to say all in the media and some of our elected officials, you know, the rhetoric in this country at times is just simply appalling. I know that uh, we have shared a reluctance to watch uh, the news cycles for obvious reasons. It's a lot of propaganda propping up their own political platform, which the media has chosen to become part of. 
But, you know, this practice of making fun of the president because he trips up a flight of stairs going into Air Force One or if he misspeaks because, as they're claiming, he has cognitive issues. I mean, isn't that – aren't those things we teach our children not to do? I mean, seriously? It's disgraceful behavior. But let's – you know, it's disgraceful behavior. It, 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 it is not setting a tone and manner for proper civil discourse. And the media, unfortunately, has lost – it's journalistic standards. You can you blur reporting, which is objective facts, with editorials. So whether it's Fox and CNN, whatever it is, it doesn't make a difference which side. You are losing journalistic standards and you're putting on a show, a show of opinion. And this is not the correct use of free press. It can't you can't can't legislate it down because it would be anti-constitutional to come in and control it with the government. But it is wrongful use of free press. The, the interesting thing with you and I is we are both of the same political stance. We don't have one. We have no political loyalty. I believe our loyalties, first and foremost, lie with our children and the future of this country, regardless of you know, I would say anyone's personal political agenda. The unfortunate part, Michael, is that it seems that we've sucked the integrity and the truth out of the system. You don't know who to believe or what to believe because depending on the media outlet you put on at any given time, we're getting their own rendition of what they want you to believe the truth is. So, you know, the next question I'm going to come at you with is course correction. You know, how do we get this back on track? And you and I spoke to this in a conversation and we had the same thought about about boycott, but I want to hear your your perspective on how we can maybe get this realigned. Yeah, before I before I get into tactics, which might include a boycott, let me deal with the issue of truth. Democracy is a brand new social structure. It's only been in existence couple of hundred years. It's new. It's untested. It's going to get challenges. Okay. The free enterprise system right now is going through massive changes as it becomes not nation state based, but intercontinental based and more corporate owned in nation states are really not as important as they used to be. Okay. You have a massive change in the world environment. Okay. What a um, Democracy has a dangerous thing in it, Lou. There's an implicit fascism, meaning every single person becomes the dictator of their own truth. Okay? And you have to be careful about it. All right? So everyone right now, we have an opinionocracy. We don't, we don't have a democracy, and it's not truth-based. Because if you ask people, they'll tell you like Pontius Pilate did in the New Testament – uh, what is truth? And it will turn into a big philosophical debate. And, and yes, it's not much better than toilet paper. All right. In fact, toilet paper is probably more dependable. And we have to get back to what is truth. So I'm sorry if I do a little mini lecture, but I got to get this clear. OK, truth is not opinion or fact. There are different kinds of truth. OK, the most important truth is that this world was created by something bigger than all of us. And we all have to breathe in order to stay alive. We all have to drink water. We all have to eat. We all need shelter. We don't have complete choice. There are dictates here. There are rules here. There's a reality here. I believe, and I'm not pushing it on anyone, 
There's a God who created this. Okay. So when we're dealing truth, my issue here is not abstract truth. The first foundation of truth is life. It's what you say, looking for the future generations, which is one part of it. It's not abstract. So I don't vote for parties. I vote for the greatest truth that will cause the least harm and do the greatest good. That's my truth. The rest of it is opinion. And some opinions may be better than others. Every opinion has some germ of value to it. And the rest is discussion, which is what our Congress is supposed to do. They're supposed to debate for greater opinions, taking pieces of things and seeing more clearly the direction to go in order to bring goodness into the world. That's how truth functions. I want to, I want to interrupt you for just one quick second. You know, we need to take a break and thank our sponsors, but we're going to come right back and we're going to go back into this discussion about truth. And, you know, part of my concern for some people, truth seems to be something that's subjective and that's another discussion, but we're going to thank our, our sponsors very momentarily. And I just want to remind everyone, go to between the lines to listen uh, or for more shows find news, and you can participate by leaving questions and uh, just communicate in any fashion that is uh, most comfortable for you. So we'll be right back, and we're going to have uh, Rabbi Michael Shevak, the author of The Six Fix, Healthcare for a Spiritual, uh, Stronger America, and that's S-I-X-F-I-X. You can find it in a bookstore or on Amazon. Thanks. We're going to take a quick break. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We're with Rabbi Michael Shevak, and his last name is spelled S-H-E-V-A-C-K. He is the author of The Six Fix, that's S-I-X-F-I-X, Healthcare for a Stronger America. I would encourage you to pick this up either at your bookstore or you can order it on Amazon. So to go back into our conversation regarding truth, which my concern sometimes for some of us is uh, an issue of, uh, how would you say, subjectivity or relativity based on, on their platform. So I'd like you to continue where we, we uh, last left off. So there's objective truth, which is what is necessary for life. If you jump up, you're going to come down. You got to eat. You got to breathe. There's also philosophical truth, a propositional truth. If I say the sky is blue, blue. I can put any number of samples of, of different colors in front of non-colorblind people, and everyone's going to be able to pick the color that's closest to the sky. That's an objective kind of knowledge-based truth. But the truth we need when we govern is how this world is designed to enhance life. And it is not just subjective. It is objective. If we don't eat we don't educate ourselves, if we don't properly take care of our children, they get sick and they die. It's objective. It's not up to opinion. The opinions are about tactics. The opinions are about my way of approaching good. And God is just a contraction of the word good. So everyone wants an experience of good or God. I, I think, Michael, if I may, I think what may have left part of this conversation is a very simple concept that I, I have really, I would say, started to embrace more every day. And that's about leaving this place a better place than when I got here. And I wish more people were of that mindset. It seems that seems to be lacking in the culture today. I think we're so distracted or preoccupied with our agendas that 
lend itself to everything but that. You know, I and I and I have to say we have a lot of groups now. We have uh, BLM and Antifa, and you have white supremacist groups. You know, you know, and unfortunately, part of this problem extends into the political environment and some of those protected under the First Amendment. I just think there's an overall lack of responsibility or I would say awareness as to really what the purpose of being here is. And this goes back to something you alluded to earlier about spiritualization. You know, I think this is about putting our energy into making this place better than when we first got here. And I won't say to you that that was always something in the forefront of my mind. I mean, I've battled through a lot of life. I've had a phenomenal journey. I can't even tell you. I mean, I almost feel guilty it's been so good. I've had plenty of adversity and plenty of disappointment like a lot of people have. The exercise today, I think, is to use individuals like yourself to plant different seeds. You know, I say on this show consistently, don't be spoon-fed by me. Don't be spoon-fed by any of these media outlets. Go out and, and do your own investigating and start to find your, your truth, which is what we're talking about today, something that has left the discussion, and um, what your purpose is. You know, that's something that's attached to spirituality as well. And as I just said to you, not to be redundant, part of your purpose is to chart the future of this country for our children, but to also make this place a better place than when we got here. So I want to I ask you another question, if I may, uh, Michael. Um, it has to do with um, this anti-Semitism that seems to be pervasive suddenly again in our country and even internationally. Do you think we just have too much free time on our hands? I mean, how do you have time to hate people? I don't understand this. It's tough enough just getting through the day. No, not at all. Lou, anti-Semitism is a long-standing problem. It's 2,000 years old. Western civilization is an offshoot of the Roman Empire. They didn't like Jews. We were the only ones who decided that we're not joining the Roman Empire. Okay, we joined the Western civilization when it became modern and it was no longer attached to religious issues. So anti-Semitism is always a problem. Every time there are economic stresses, every time there are social unrest, it is blamed on Jews because the entire foundation of Western civilization was based on an anti-Jewish premise. Vatican II repented of that after the Holocaust and tried to set Christianity on the right path. So whenever there is economic problems, people's mindset is to look for the Jew because we are the problem. We are identified with the devil or the sin. It's just, but Michael, there, no logic exists to support that. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I Not logic. It's, it's, a, it's a logic that is ancient, meaning we are possessed of the covenant. We are Christian. We, are, we have history. We have God on our side. Jews denied Christ. Therefore, what goes wrong is Jews are identified with the devil, and anything goes bad is the devil, and therefore the problem is Jews. And people don't even know that this is in their heads. They don't even know it. It's, it's 2,000 years of conditioning. Okay? Jews are also, because of who we are, we are in the forefront of the politics of the world. I mean, our little tiny country and our little tiny people happen to be a magnet by which all the politics takes place because that's what we believe is our purpose, is to leave the world a better place. 
that the people of Israel are there to leave the world a better place and to exemplify a better place and to safeguard the world of nations according to prophetic values. So we, you know, we, we attract the problem because we, we have made ourselves, uh, given ourselves that purpose under God. And it just happens. It's not necessary. People need to be educated out of it. But this is what happens. You, you and I are, are on, and uh, I'm not going to divulge too much information about um, something you and I are both involved in, but it lends itself to galvanizing the thought process of, of many different people culturally in this world, including religious denominations. You know, you know what I find interesting, Rabbi, in New York is that um, we all get in the same cabs together, Catholics, Jews, Islam, Muslims, right? We eat in the same establishments. We patronize one another in business and in other, and we never seem to have a bump in the road. We get on a plane and we fly 6,000 miles and we're shooting each other. You know, I just don't seem to understand that. And I know that you in particular are, are actively involved in something that if it bears the fruit that we believe it can, will help galvanize this, this issue, uh, us on this, on this front of addressing this lack of harmony in the Middle East. So I'm not going to tell too much about it. If you want to speak to it, I'll allow you to. No, I want to go back to your other point. You know, New York, as much as it's maligned, is an astonishing example of people getting along. All right? It's an amazing thing. And that's because we're too busy working and having a life to, to be against each other. We're too crowded. We have to get along with each other. All right? We're an example for the world as far as I'm concerned. You know? in, in, this, in this instance, I have to agree. We're not going to go off onto the crime issue, but I, I agree 100% with you in that. And that goes back to the comment I made about people having too much free time. You see, we don't have that in New York. We're too busy surviving, literally and figuratively at this point. So, you know, it's just, it's inc- an incredible observation that we can just exist the way we do in New York, respectfully, peacefully. You know, we just don't seem to have that same thing that exists in, in other parts of the world. But um, I, I just want to bump into something. And, uh, you know, I, I want you to navigate this based on your comfort. You know, we're listening to the rhetoric of young elected uh, public officials who happen to be of Muslim descent. And they themselves are spewing hatred. You know, I, I don't want to get into where it's even focused. I wouldn't care if it was focused against against the planet Pluto. You know, I don't think our elected officials are elected to spew their personal views, which lend itself to hatred, no less the destruction of some foreign entities who happen to be very important friends and allies of this country. I also glean the fact that I don't think they love this country, nor do they understand this country. So what I want to do, if it's okay with you, sir, I want to take a quick break. I want to thank some sponsors, do what we need to do by by all those who support us. And I want to come back and have you field this question to a level that you're comfortable with because I know it's a sensitive topic today. I do not want to get political about this. This has nothing to do with political affiliation. This has to do with any individual that takes the cloak of responsibility as they have and then, in my opinion, instead of bringing us together, creates this polarizing effect. Guys, we're going to come right back after a quick break, after we thank our rabbi. I just want to remind everyone before we go to that break, um, Michael Shevak, Rabbi Michael Shevak, has written a book, The Six Fix, 
Healthcare for a Stronger America. You can find it in bookstores and on Amazon. He is also also the author of seven other books, which you might be interested in. And his last name, again, is spelled S-H-E-V-A-C-K. So if you research, I'll make that a little easier for you. We'll be right back, guys. Thank you. Okay, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. And with us today, we have a very, very unique not just special, but a unique thinker. He has an amazing insight and understanding of our culture and even what's going on uh, on a, an international level. He's the author of The Six Fix, Spiritual Healthcare for a Stronger America. He is also, and is worth mentioning, the author of seven other books. You can find this this particular book, The Six, S-I-X, F-I-X, Spiritual Healthcare for a Stronger America, in bookstores and at Amazon. And I want to bring back uh, the rabbi, and I'm going to go back into this question about the conduct or rhetoric of some of our elected officials. So there's not a whole lot to speak to about this, I gather, from your perspective, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Well, whether it's people who are who are taking an Islamic position or whether it's people who are taking a pro-wealthy person and and feeding upper echelons of, of, of a higher income level so it will trickle down. I'm not interested in any of that stuff. Everyone is entitled to an opinion. But how you take these opinions and manage a country or manage your family or manage your religion, that's my issue. So I want to just be clear here, okay? You have to have what I call in the book relationship priorities. What is first? What is second? The most important thing we need in the U.S. is we need to take care of ourselves. And everyone can have their opinion. But if we only take care of ourselves, we're not going to have a nation. We have to take care of ourselves and we have to take care of another. And we have to take care of all others. And to your point, Lou, we have to take care of future generations. We have to take care of all life and creation. We depend on air and water to live. And we have to continuously improve. That's the six fix priority of relationships, yourself, another, all others, future generations, all life and creation and improvement, constant improvement. So if anyone has an, a, 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 an anti-Israel comment that seems very radical, that's a perfectly fine opinion. Now bring it into the mix and show us how to strengthen our country with your viewpoint. Bring it into the mix. It, it doesn't Don't just do that. Keep- it doesn't do that, But that's Michael. because people aren't using their opinions in a way that's harmonious with other people. They're considering themselves to be God. And that, that's my no observation, human, though. That's my observation of their rhetoric. No human being is God. No human being has a perfect opinion. No one. But we have a responsibility, if I may interrupt you, we have a responsibility to put forth those opinions, especially when you have a voice that are productive, these comments, this rhetoric, these tweets, these observations and correlations of the United States being in the same breath as the Taliban and Hamas are counterproductive, and I consider them to be un-American. This is not a country whose elected officials are licensed to spew hate because someone made the moronic decision of voting for them. And what's even more alarming, as I say in law enforcement, it's never the crime, it's the cover-up. We seem to lack the the moral compass, the courage 
the integrity and the honor to address them. This has nothing to do with politics. I wouldn't care what side of the aisle they sat on. And now my my collaborators here are watching me, me become animated because this is something that strikes me in the heart. I have a very simple solution for everyone. If you don't love this country, if you don't want to be part of the solution, if you're choosing to be a new problem for us, because this is new for us, then you should leave. And I direct that comment to the both of them, and I challenge them both. This has nothing to do with their gender, their religious conviction, or their political affiliation. This is rhetoric that is contradictory to creating a harmony in this country and ensuring a future for our children and a future for this country. Be constructive in your criticisms. Think about what you say before you say it and what it will translate to. I think none of the above are present in either one of their minds. And I want to say something else. This problem goes across both aisles and not just to these two young women. What alarms me, though, is the level of hate attached to their comments. You know, what we don't seem to be able to accept in this country is it's okay for us to be different. You and I are perfect examples of that. We are different by background in many ways, yet we seem to have some commonality in thought and approach to how to, to fix problems and how to live life. I told you this before, and it's kind of humorous. I went to 16 years of Catholic school. One of my first buddies was a kid, Ira Goldberg. We used to roller skate together. We rode the subways through the boroughs and then played in Central Park at the zoo. He went to Hebrew school. I went to Catholic school. What did we both miss here? It's okay that we're not the same. You know, and what's really interesting is that the political leaders in a higher seat are helping drive this. Why don't we put all of our energies into finding out, finding that commonality? You know what the commonality is in the world? It's called money. Let's be candid with you. I think there's no secret that, if I'm correct in stating this, Saudi Arabia and Israel are collaborating on a desalination plant, right? You know, one thing about the former president, who I'm not a complete fan of, but I think if you approach the world in this, in this kind of common interest, money, instead of wielding the sword at each other, let's put our brains together so we can make some money for each other's con- countries and hopefully their people will prosper. And we both happen to know, even when other countries prosper financially, it doesn't necessarily translate through the masses there. And that's part of the problem. Perhaps that's part of the problem here. But, you know, I, I don't want to belabor this topic with you. Um, I, I am just gravely concerned. And as I say to you, this has no political attachment. I just am I'm distressed by... More that they allow this to continue than the fact that they make these statements. It's one thing that they've made these statements. It exacerbates it when we lack the integrity to address it. Either side of the aisle. The media. This is just wrong and it's counterproductive to the future of my children. So I have a little skin in the game. In any case, um, I want to just move on to any topic that you you believe you're, you're interested that you want to make a point. Uh, well, I'd love to go back to your point, which I think is great. I think money can be an incredible source of unification in the world if it's clean money. If it's clean, okay. Explain to- explain for everyone so that they understand what what clean money is versus going to geopolitical wars in order to get resources and own resources and besting other nations so that you can prosper is not spiritually correct. It's politically done all the time, and ultimately it undermines every nation that does it over the course of a lifetime. So I'm going to be clear. I went over the relationship priorities. Let me go over the values. The most important value, once you have life, is our health. COVID gave us 
a swift kick in the butt and taught us the most important value we have is our health. After that, we need peace. After that, we need freedom to express ourselves. We need to be able to express our full potential. Okay. We need to have wisdom. Okay. And then we need to have lots and lots and lots of good, clean money that's earned that way with right, clean values. Then we can share it. But what's happened is the economic system is upside down. All right. It's Roman. It's not Hebrew. It's not biblical. They put the coins and the politics first. They warn you about that in the New Testament. Jesus warns people about it in the New Testament. Okay. You've got to put life first, life centered values, health, peace, freedom, wisdom, expressing your full potential. And then you'll have the foundation for correct prosperity and an economic system. Lou, I'm sorry, I'm going to pressure. The word economy comes from the Greek that means household. We don't treat each other like household members. And then our economy suffers. We sow and reap a disaster. And that's, that gets my ire up. I want, I want to get onto this, 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 these comments you just made about, you know, the priority and importance of our health, especially in regards to this pandemic issue, this, this virus. That wasn't the agenda of our elected officials or the media. Their agenda was to take this virus and weaponize it to undermine the character and credibility of each other every opportunity they possibly could to play sound bites when each spoke misspoke. The truth of the matter with this issue is this came out of left field. And I don't think anyone elected was sitting there going like, geez, I can't wait for the coronavirus to pop up so I can show my stuff. And, you know, I've already thought about how I'm going to address this. I think we got caught with our pants down around our ankles. There's and a whole, they weaponized it. And they weaponized, we weaponized it, sir. It. And that, what, that was the priority, not the fact that we needed to pool our resources, put our differences aside, and determine what was the best course of action to keep the American public, first of all, calm. We have stirred this pot so severely that we don't even know what truth to believe, as I go back to earlier statement, depending on the media outlet. We so undermined the public that people are fearful of taking the vaccine because of the political agenda attached to the issuance of the vaccine. This is confounding, and it's disturbing. And you know what the bottom line is? My children, all children, are entitled to something better than this, and so is the American public in general. So before we go back, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to address the fix to this thing. And one of the people we're going to target, the groups we're going to target, deals with the media. And you and I spoke to this. I independently suggested the same thing you do. Maybe we just need to start to boycott the media. Maybe when the money comes out of their shows, the sponsorship and the viewership and all the money behind it, they'll understand what they're doing here. Because I tell you, they're living in a cocoon at our expense. They're insulated from what the average man in America is experiencing every single day. One thing that came out of this last 2016 election with Trump were all the people in this country that are disenfranchised. He became their voice and their advocate. Whether anybody likes that that or not, that's the truth. You and I are of the same generation to where we heard this expression, the silent majority. I have to be candid with you, Michael. I never saw it until the election of Donald Trump. They came out of left field here all across America to support him because he became their voice, something that they lacked. There's a systemic failure here in the media, 
who I think are even more dangerous than our elected officials because they're creating the narrative and the optic even for the elected officials. They're deciding what you're going to hear from our elected officials on any given day. We've got a problem here. And when we come back from this break, I want to get into this fix with you because that's the, that's the exercise here. We know what's going wrong. How are we going to get this back on track? So we're going to take a quick break. I want to thank our sponsors. I want to remind everyone that this gentleman on the phone with us today or in the Skype as I'm um, doing is um, Michael Shevak. He's the author of The Six Fix, Spiritual Health Care for a Stronger America. I, I really suggest you go out and find this book. It's available to you um, either in bookstores or through, through Amazon. Thank you. And if you, by the way, if you'd like to participate with us, we'd love to have you. We encourage you to contact us at betweenthelines.tv. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back, and I want to afford uh, Rabbi Shevak the opportunity to uh, critique or comment on my most recent suggestion about offering up um, a new path here or how we're going to get this genie back in the bottle, so to speak. Well, I'm, I'm going to be very, very simple. We have to get our values in the correct priorities, and those are determined by life what is necessary for a good life. And we also have to get our relationships. Freedom is different for one kind of relationship or another. It's different for a fetus than it is for a 45-year-old person. Okay, all our relationships have to be thought out. It's a basic problem. Now, in terms of tactics, I don't like to do negative tactics. I will do it if there's a war and I have to get to a war. I believe we, you are the solution, Lou. That's why I'm here. You are creating a different media venue where you're calm or at least trying to be calm. I know you get excited. You're a human being. But you're creating a different kind of voice, a voice where you're So are you, though. So are you because you and I have had conversations independent of this production. And it's interesting that two knuckleheads out of New York, you know, from from vastly different backgrounds or of the same – uh, thought process in many areas. So don't limit that to me. You know, I think you have to take some credit too. You, you're, you're, what you're bringing to the table is thought provoking. You know, this to me is about food for thought, planting seeds, Michael. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I, and, and, and I think clean media, building clean media and taking advantage of the internet and getting people to monetize Clean media as a positive movement is the way to go. Of course, secondarily, you're going to have to boycott other dirty media. Okay. And the more clean media you get out there, the more viewership is going to go to you. And the more you can monetize it, the more you're going to create a movement towards clean media. You know, you walk down the supermarket aisle now, Clorox, which used to get blamed for causing cancer, sells green cleaning fluids. You can change things by getting people's enthusiasm in the marketplace for clean media. And that's what I would do here. I want to say that you and I need to continue this exchange on a more regular basis and start to, how would you say, give people some food for thought. And as I always say, and I say this redundantly because this is one of the pitfalls in this country, when they hear something spoken to them by someone in the media or even a person like myself, and I'm not a journalist 
and I'm not a media person. I'm just a voice in this country that has an interest in the future of my children, all children, and this country. They need to take what we, we, we say with a grain of salt, get off your hiney, go out and do some own, your own investigating, and decide what if what you're hearing is is on target you know you and i could speak to a, a lot more topics today i mean i i want to get into it at the next time we speak the issue of what's going on in our major cities here which is just astounding i mean we're we're destroying the tax base in these major cities and i remind everyone about detroit in the 50s and 60s one of the wealthiest cities in this country if not the wealthiest driven by the entertainment excuse me the automotive industry and the music industry the entertainment industry from that perspective lost their tax base and the rest of it we're learning and listening to about uh, on a regular basis and we're witnessing it in New York as well as we're on the phone right now you know there seems to be lacking something lacking in these major cities in regards to leadership and you know you know what what I really think Michael and, and I and I hope that you agree you know, we, we need a voice of reason here. We need people who are agenda-free to start to give us some ideas about how to live life, how to embrace life. Everybody, I got to tell you something really interesting because I worked for a lot of billionaires. And um, I'm going to mention one. She's deceased. And I got along with a great was Leona Helmsley, Mrs. Helmsley. I've never seen a Brinks truck follow a Hearst. That's all I'm going to tell you. So for everybody that's just obsessed with money to an absurd degree, I don't know what to say to you. There's got to be a balance. Guys, we're going to take a short break. We're going to have to wrap this. I'm going to make sure that everyone has the luxury of listening to Rabbi Michael Shevak, the author of Six, The Six Fix, Spiritual Healthcare for a Stronger America. I want to keep saying that book because I want you guys to go out and pick it up either in your bookstore or on, or on Amazon. We'll be right back, guys. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we were going to close, but I do want to go down one other topic regarding spirituality in this country, and I would like uh, Rabbi Michael Shebak to speak to that for us you know, quite briefly. Yeah, let's leave aside the issue of church and state, okay? We don't have a, a, a national church. We don't have problems in America. That's a lie. What we have are the result of problems. We are not thinking correctly. We are not speaking correctly to each other. And we are not going about our task as citizens. We are sowing and reaping our problems. And the good news here is that as miserably as we created these problems by the misuse of our free will, that's how easily we can correct it once we learn how to use our free will correctly and operate as one nation. It's spirituality is simply learning how the mechanics of the world operates and how to align to how God created this world so you get good results instead of lousy results from your actions. Spirituality is what this nation needs because we're a natural law nation. It was founded by the founding fathers to be based on natural law, not church or religious law. So let's learn correct spirituality and we can get out of this problem as quickly as we invented it. It's all misuse of our creativity as human beings. So who's going to teach that? Who's going to teach that to us? Okay. And so hence segue into the next time we're on air to discuss this further. I appreciate it. And we're going to wrap for today, guys. I want to thank everyone who's tuned in and who's taken time to, to listen to this discussion. I hope it's helpful. I hope it gives you some insight into where we're living today and giving you some food for thought. So uh, thank you, everyone. 
And I want to thank um, uh, Michael Shevak, the author of Six Fix, Spiritual Healthcare for a Greater America. Strong, excuse me, Stronger America. I want to get that correct. Again, you can find that in a bookstore or at Amazon. So. Thank you, Lou. My pleasure. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back, and I just want to remind everyone, um, if you're interested in sharing your thoughts or asking questions in particular, please go to betweenthelines.tv. You can also find our shows there, and you can participate, and we encourage you to participate. We're trying to create a different conversation in this country today that's plagued by a lot of of the wrong rhetoric and polarization. We're just two divided guys, and I want to get us back on track and... Um, That's kind of it. You know, just very quickly in regards to this guest today, you know, the reason I asked him to um, come on was because he has no tie to any type of political affiliation. He has no political affiliation. He's much the same way I am. He realizes that we're in trouble. This country's in trauma. And we need to start to change the way we think and the way we address life. Um. We're a resilient nation. We have an, you know, I've traveled this country, north and south, east and west. There are some incredibly wonderful people here. We're very different. I mean, all anyone has to do is sit down with me for five minutes and understand what, you know, growing up and living in New York and working in New York can do to you. I'm with what they call prima facie evidence to that. Um, it has assets in it, li- liabilities, but we're all different, you know, and that's one of the things I've enjoyed about traveling is learning about all the different people that are in this country and why they are the way they are, either through rearing by parents or the environments that they grow up in. You know, we're products of our environments. That's a cliche that that I believe does apply. But, you know, the, the basic thing is this. You know, it's okay that we're different. We don't have to be the same. And when you start to focus in on things that are very important, like the peace in your life and calm and you know, how to manage, you know, a lot of stimulus, some of which is negative. It'll help you get to a better place and it'll help you understand that it's okay that we're different. Don't be threatened. It lends itself to your security. You just have to relax if you can allow yourself to do that. And that's a very important concept in living today, learning how to relax, especially with all the negativity coming at you. So in any case, I want to thank everyone for joining us and, um, Again, this has been uh, Between the Lines, and my name is Lou Palumbo.